1: Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston.
2: The title of the message today is Persecuted but Joyful. Today's message brings to an end the series of eight messages on the Beatitudes of Jesus recorded for us in Matthew chapter 5 verses 3 through 12 that was read earlier for us. The Beatitudes are Jesus' eight secrets of a happy or blessed life. The first four Beatitudes deal with our relationship with God, and the last four deal with our relationship with each other. One of the major causes of unhappiness Today is trying to be like everybody else and trying to have everybody like you. There's a myth that says, in order to be happy, I must be approved by everybody. But that doesn't work because you can't please everyone. Jesus was very honest about the consequences of following him. He said, if you follow me, there are many people who will not like it and will not like you. So in his closing statements, in Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12, Jesus said, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted the same way, in the same way. This statement was so shocking that Jesus repeats it twice. He gives more space to this beatitude than to any of the other ones. All the other ones lead up to this last one it's the only beatitude addressed directly to us for example the tense changes from god blesses those who are persecuted in verse 10 to god blesses you in verse 11 it's important for us to understand precisely what jesus is saying here and so what exactly does it mean to be persecuted It is not referring to those people who suffer because of offensive or crude behavior. People who persist in gross, unmanly conduct will eventually have to suffer for it. But let's take a look more at the idea that persecution is a given. Some of us have bought into the belief that once we have Jesus in our life— Everything will go great. Maybe we have even thought that we should be successful, be financially well-off, and experience the best life now. Actually, the Bible says the exact opposite for those who honor and obey Christ. So Jesus never taught the prosperity gospel, but he did preach the persecution gospel. Persecution is going to happen if you are a Christian, and it comes in different forms, in different ways. So don't be caught off guard. As the world gets more and more secular, it is getting more and more hostile to Christianity. Hope you have noticed that. We should not be surprised if anti-Christian hostility increases, but rather be surprised if it does not. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 11, God will bless you when people insult you, mistreat you, and tell all kinds of evil lies about you because of me. And he says in John chapter 15 and verse 20, he says, remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master." If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. Now, the reason for persecution or harassment is because we are like Jesus. We are Christ followers. Evil people don't like Jesus. They don't want to attack him because it wouldn't make any any sense to them since they can't get at him so they attack his followers. The media is often very critical of Christians, sometimes for good reasons. And it is to be expected. The world crucified Jesus, and they would still do it today if they had a chance. None of the apostles escaped persecution. All of them died as a result of their faith in Jesus Christ. The last apostle to die was John. He died as a prisoner on the Greek island of Patmos, from which he wrote the book of Revelation. The Apostle Paul, while awaiting execution in Rome, says in 2nd Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12, in fact everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ." Jesus, will be persecuted. He doesn't say might be persecuted. He says will be persecuted. Maybe you're saying nobody ever persecutes or hassles me about my faith in Jesus Christ. Well, that says you are no different from the people who don't claim to be followers of Christ. If you were different, then there would have something to say about it. They would, they would criticize you, and they would attack you in different ways. You see, if you are not being criticized or harassed, it means there is no difference between your life and that of those who do not believe in God and who are running this world. While most of us are not experiencing pernicious persecution for our faith, many today are. Christians are the most persecuted religious group in the world. An average of 100 Christians around the world are killed each month for their faith in Jesus Christ. Christians are persecuted in some 60 countries of the world. An estimated 300 million Christians worldwide are denied basic human rights because of their faith in Jesus Christ. As we worship in comfort today, millions of Christians around the world are worshiping in secret for fear of death. We are grateful for the freedoms that we have in our country, but we must guard against taking them for granted. Hebrews 13 and verse 3, not in your outline, says, Remember the Lord's people who are in jail, And be concerned for them. Don't forget those who are suffering, but imagine that you are there with them. When believers are mistreated for their faith, we must share their sorrow and pray for them. We can't afford to look the other way and to ignore what is going on because we have been joined to them as members of the body of Christ. They are a part of us, and we are part of them. Take a moment and just imagine yourself in China, where the church you are attending is held secretly in someone's home. No air conditioning, no padded chairs or pews. with the threat of arrest to hanging over you. Because the meeting is unregistered and against the law. And then imagine yourself now in Sudan, where as a Christian you live with the constant reality of retaliation, enslavement, destruction of your church or home, and even death. Imagine all of this as if you were a part of the persecuted church, because you are. These believers are your brothers. These saints are your sisters. These refugees are your relatives. We are a part of the universal church of Christ, and what happens to them should also affect us. So here's a question that you need to think about. If you were accused of being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Let us pray that those persecuted Christians will have access to Bibles so that they can read the word of God. Let us pray that God would give them courage to hang in there and restore their hope in him and that the church will expand and grow. As I thought about it, I thought that there shouldn't really be a prayer that we send up to God without also mentioning, Lord, be with those who are being persecuted in other countries and are losing their lives for you. But secondly, how should we respond to persecution? Number one, refuse to retaliate. Romans twelve seventeen through 19 says, Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. The person attacking you, or hassling you, may not even realize that they are being used by the devil. Jesus, in verse 11, lists three different kinds of verbal harassment that his disciples will have to go through. He says there are insults, that is, when people try to dishonor or to discredit you or say derogatory things about you. Then there is persecution, which is mistreatment. And then he says, they will tell lies, which means deceit and deception. The world loves to find fault with Christians. If they can find fault, they will make up something in order to criticize you and to make you feel bad. They will insult you, mistreat you, and make up lies about you. Jesus was accused of being a drunk. They said he was a glutton and wine-bibber. But Jesus did not answer them. He just let it pass. But a second response is to respond positively. Positively. Romans 12:21 says, "Don't let evil defeat you, but defeat evil with good. You never get ahead by trying to get even." In Matthew 5:44 and 45, Jesus said, "But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven." When people put you down, build them up. When people hassle you, be nice to them. Do not retaliate. The moment you start to retaliate, then they are in control. You cannot control the things that people say about you. You cannot control the persecutions and the hassles, but you can control how you choose to react how you choose to respond, so respond positively, love them, pray for them, and God will bless you for that. And lastly, let us look at some reasons to rejoice when being persecuted. Number one, it means God's Spirit can be seen in your life. If it couldn't be seen in your life, nobody would be harassing or persecuting you. First Peter chapter four and verse 14 says, "If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed for the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. If I'm not being harassed, criticized, insulted or lied about. I ought to ask myself the question, can anybody tell that I am a believer? Too many Christians are like secret agent Christians, undercover believers. You don't know if they are really believers or not. They'll spend years in an office working and nobody could tell that they are Christians. Even by the way in which they behave, much less what they say. Yes, a lot of Christians might say they are, and they will show up at church from time to time. They may have religion, but they do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. What if they outlawed Christianity? Would there be enough evidence to convict them? But secondly, the reasons that we have... For joy when we are being persecuted, is that it means that God can trust you. The Acts of the Apostles tells us of the experience of Peter and the Apostles getting into trouble for preaching in the name of Jesus and performing miracles of healing. They're arrested and put in jail, and an angel of the Lord came. Open the gates of the jail and let them out. And when the authorities discovered what had happened, they met and were trying to decide how they are going to handle the situation. And so in, in Acts 5, 40 and 41, it says, They called in the apostles and had them flogged. Then they ordered them never again to speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. Oh, I I wonder how many of us would do that. You see, whenever God allows persecution or harassment, it means that he knows that you can handle it because he's there to help you. And if there is no harassment in your life, then maybe God doesn't think that you can handle it. Number three, it means that you will be greatly rewarded. Matthew 5 and verse 12, Jesus said, Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward, in heaven, there are special honors reserved for those who experience persecution who stand up for the name of Jesus. Jesus says, You're in good company when you're being persecuted, for the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Persecution is not easy to deal with, but Jesus said, There is great reward for those who handle it. With the right attitude and the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 17 he says now if we are children that means children of God then we are heirs heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory We have no idea what that involves, but we do know that it is better than anything that we can ever imagine. Isn't it worth the put-downs, the mean things that people do to us and say about us as Christians when we consider what God has in store for us? We are going to share in the glory of Jesus Christ, our Lord, The reward is going to far exceed the things that we suffer here and now. 1 Peter 4 and verse 19 says, So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will not fail you. Suffering according to the will of God is not a theme that you hear too often on Christian television networks. What you hear more often is that God wants you always to be happy, healthy, and wealthy. If you're sick or suffering, it is because you are sinning, you're not living right, you're outside of God's will, or you are lacking in faith to believe. The Bible says that sometimes suffering is God's will, and there are many examples of that in the Scriptures. And that's the exact opposite of what the health and wealth gospel teaches. You've probably heard the story of the old missionary who had spent his life serving God in Africa. He had lost his wife and his children to malaria. He spent 60 years serving his Lord in Africa. And nobody really knew the extent of his sacrifice, the sacrifice that he made for Jesus Christ. He was returning home as a broken man. His health was broken and he was dying. He knew that. He was coming home on the same plane with General Eisenhower at the end of World War II. When the plane landed in New York, they opened the door and they rolled out the red carpet. There was a military band playing and confetti and signs everywhere that said, Welcome home, Ike. Everybody was thrilled to see Ike. And the missionary came off the plane and saw all these people. Welcoming General Eisenhower. He started getting a little bit discouraged when the devil said to him, this is what you gave up. You lived for the Lord all your life and this is what you get. You're lonely, old and sick and dying. The missioner said he started to feel sore for himself. And then it is as though God tapped him on the shoulder and said, Son, you are not home yet. You won't be in heaven five minutes before you say, Why didn't I serve my Lord more? Why didn't I give more to advance his kingdom? Why did I waste it on things that don't matter? Jesus said, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Remember the reward that is awaiting you in heaven. Heaven is a place where graves never open, where gates never close, where tears never fall, where hearts never break, tempers never rise, and problems never occur. Furthermore, heaven is a place where friends never part, where rejoicing never stops, where doubts never arise and blessings never cease. We will never be discouraged by defeats, hindered by persecution, attacked by adversities, plagued by perils, or forsaken by family or friends. Brothers and sisters, The rewards promised to us by our Lord Jesus Christ and also the scriptures will be worth every sacrifice that we make. It will be worth every dime that we give to advance the kingdom of God. It will be worth every battle that we fight, every pain that we suffer, every burden that we bear, every trial that we encounter, every prayer that we pray Every problem that we face, every temptation that we overcome, every good deed that we do, every testimony that we share about our faith in Christ, and every effort that we put forth to advance his kingdom. Until that day, until that hour, until that moment when we meet the Lord face to face, Let us continue to fight the good fight, to endeavor to finish the course, keep the faith, submit ourselves to the Lord, and continue to resist the devil, for there is no place to stop until we hear the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. And then we'll be able to understand more fully what the writer meant. When he said, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we will sing and we will shout the victory. Thank you for joining
1: us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org